Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in emerging technology, artificial intelligence, and voice assistant tech to help everyone understand how these technologies are impacting our lives both personally and within our organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI. Red Fox AI helps give brands a voice by leveraging the power of AI and voice assistant technologies like Alexa and Google Assistant. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring an episode, please send an email to the artificial podcast at redfox-ai.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that you stream podcast episodes. You can also follow the artificial podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for the artificial podcast. You can join our brand new Facebook group exclusively for listeners of the show, where you can meet other artificial podcasters from around the world who are interested in emerging technology just like you. A link to our Facebook group has been included in the episode notes. Thank you for listening, and now a quick word from our sponsors before we jump into this week's episode. Hey, Brett. What's up, Nick? You know, on the Artificial Podcast, we talk a lot about the future of conversational AI and voice assistant technologies, right? So you mean basically in every episode we do? All right, wise guy. But seriously, think about it. I don't think we truly realize how quickly voice assistants like Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri, Cortana, and Bixby, just to name a few, have embedded themselves in our daily lives. I mean, the analysts are predicting that in a little more than three years, there will likely be 8 billion, yes, billion voice assistant users connected to nearly 2 billion global websites, more than 40 billion connected devices. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, but what are, you, what are you trying to get here, basically? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that for numbers like these to truly become a reality, a few things need to happen. Yeah, like more technology innovations? Well, yes, but I'm thinking of something more, something even more important. We need to have trust, trust between the users and the technology itself. Okay, yeah, I'll be honest. Sometimes I daydream about these voice assistants getting smart enough to rise up and take over like Skynet, you know, from Terminator. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, that could happen, I suppose. But I'm talking about things like trustworthy privacy and trustworthy accessibility and trust that if you're a business, you have full rights to your name and your brand. Have you heard about the Open Voice Network? No, I haven't. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about them? I would love to, Brett. Well, in a nutshell, the Open Voice Network is a nonprofit directed fund of the Linux Foundation that is dedicated to making voice assistants worthy of user trust. Members of the Open Voice Network include conversational AI designers, strategists, developers, and other industry professionals from all around the world who are dedicated to paving the way for a future where voice can be trusted and benefits everyone. I'm proud to say that I've been a member since early this year, and it has truly been one of the best decisions I have made since becoming a voice practitioner. And if you're in the industry, I highly encourage you to check it out and join. Sweet. That sounds cool. Um, So what you're saying is Skynet isn't going to happen? <sighs> oh, Brett. 
If you are interested in learning more about the Open Voice Network and how you can get involved visit www.openvoicenetwork.org or send an email to john.stein at openvoicenetwork.org. The Open Voice Network. Voice assistance worthy of user trust. Hey there, Artificial Podcasters. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Artificial Podcast. This week, I am excited to welcome Roger Kibbe to the Artificial Podcast. And for those of you who actively work in the voice technology space and industry, I am sure you've come across Roger's name, especially if you're a part of the the voice community on, on Twitter. Roger's pretty active there. But Roger's been a part of a lot of really neat things over the last couple of years and specifically his work lately has been with the Samsung Bixby platform. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. But before Roger and I start talking, let me tell you a bit about Roger Kibbe. So Roger is a senior developer evangelist for Viv Labs, the engine behind Samsung's Bixby 2.0. As a developer evangelist, Roger gets developers excited about building amazing new AI and voice experiences using Bixby. Roger has over 20 years of experience leveraging technology for strategic business advantage. And prior to Viv Labs, Roger founded both a voice product startup and a voice consulting firm. Roger also spent many years leading omni-channel technology strategy for Gap Inc. while also gaining valuable experience in technology consulting. Roger, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Nick. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I'm a loyal listener, and now <laughs> I get to be a guest. So thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. No, no, thank you. And I, I think when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we even brought up, I'm like, Ian, I've been meaning to, to ask you for a long time, Roger, about coming on the show, just because, you, you know, I know we follow one another on Twitter and our, our circles kind of kind of crossed over and, and we run in the same circles. So I was like, you know, Roger probably has some really good insights and in everything going on, especially on the the Bixby side of things, because I know that's what you've been a part of for a couple of years now. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have a chat with you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, w- like we do uh, uh, cross paths uh, on Twitter and, and various social media, and it's always good to talk in person with someone. So uh, yeah, deeply immersed in voice. Um, like you said, um, I've been doing developer evangelism for Viv Labs, and really the brains behind Bixby the last couple of years. And before that, I did uh, voice consulting for a bit and then founded a, a voice startup. And then I have a long history uh, in technology and uh, voice really is a culmination of some things I've been looking at for my entire career in many ways. So that's why I'm so excited about the industry where we are and where we're gonna go. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's one of the things that stood out to me, of course, when we talked is just your wide array of experience and kind of having popped through technology in, in a couple different roles. I know you just kind of, you know, did a, at a high level of what your journey's been like so far, but if, if you can dive a bit deeper into what that's been like so far for you and, and ultimately, you know, did did that interest in technology early on lead you to your role at Gap and now your current role at Viv Labs or how did it all really kind of get kickstarted for you if you can dive a bit deeper? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've always been a, a geek, a technologist, <laughs> back to uh, back to my teenage days. And so, um, yeah, early in my career, I did uh, consulting, both for uh, well, it was Anderson Consulting then, but now it's Accenture. 
and then a small dot-com startup firm back in the uh, dot-com era. Thought I'd be uh, make my millions and retire. Uh, those were crazy <laughs> times. Uh, but yeah, then um, after that, uh, dot-com didn't work out as, as most uh, things didn't work out in the dot-com era when things blew up. I went ahead and joined uh, Gap Inc. Uh, really as a, as a driving both strategy, but primarily as an architect initially. Mm -hmm. And then I worked myself more and more into technology strategy. And one of the things that I always look for um, throughout my career, I love technology. I love working with it. But I think technology should get out of the way, right? Yeah. Get right. the job done <laughs> and then get out of the way. And so I spent all this time when I was at Gap Inc., thinking about, hey, how do we enable our customers to use technology across all the channels or use technology you know, in the stores, but get out of the way when they don't need it? Um, and you know, thought of all kinds of things, you know, mobile, web, et cetera. And when voice came along, right? And I was one of those early people, I think I, I signed up for the, the Alexa device it was in beta and you got one early and mm -hmm. I played around with it. And it took me, it took me a few months or several months really to realize, Hey, there's something really here for my whole career. Like I said, I've been waiting to find a technology that gets something done and gets out of the way. And I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. One, it's the first technology I've seen where the technology needs to understand me. I don't mm -hmm. have to learn how to interact with the technology. And secondly, boom, I can get something done and then it's not intrusively kind of in my way. And I mean, in my way, we've all experienced this. God, I, I stopped to grab some, do something on my laptop. I open Twitter or, or Instagram yep. and my, like 45 minutes later. I was going to say, you know, 45 minutes, <laughs> an hour disappears, right? Yeah. And I still haven't done what I originally wanted to do. Right. And so it's kind of a, a, a time sink. And it's not, that's not necessarily bad, but I also think from kind of a productivity and being human and that, getting technology to do what you want it to do and then get out of the way is amazing. And that's what really led me to voice. So left Gap uh, and had this idea of a voice startup. Um, and really the idea was this is in 2017. So pretty early from the voice perspective and really had this idea of, hey, let's build this tool to make it super easy to build a voice presence. Uh, we called it, you know, WordPress for voice was a little bit of our moniker. So worked in that for about 15 months. You know, I will always say that ideas are cheap and execution is hard. And, yep. <laughs> uh, that was uh, definitely an example of that happening. I mean, I still, I still love the idea, uh, but myself and two co-founders, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, the execution wasn't happening where we needed to. to. Yeah. And secondly, back in those days, quite frankly, I mean, the whole venture capital community and getting attention to voice uh, was a lot harder, I think, than it is today. Yeah, it's definitely. I've, so, I've heard from folks it's it's gotten a bit better, but it's still a, a bit of an egg to crack. Yeah. So there was kind of like, oh, okay, this sounds interesting, but not sure there's anything there, et cetera. Um, so then I pivoted uh, and did my own technology consulting, uh, uh, voice consulting for about six months. Uh, and along the way, there was a Samsung Bixby. I heard about it. 
Uh, and there was this hackathon and I entered that hackathon. It was an early beta version and ended up uh, being a finalist in that and going to their software developer conference and actually winning the hackathon. Wow. And then at that point is when I met the team there and I met Adam Chire, who's one of the most inspirational people I've ever uh, met and worked for. And one thing led to another and I joined Viv Labs and have been working uh, there ever since on, you know, kind of introducing developers and designers and companies to Bixby, um, explaining what it's really good at, how it's different from the other voice assistants and what the opportunities are. So um, I'm just uh, super grateful to uh, be in this industry because I remain probably, I'm probably more excited today about it yeah. than I was three years ago <laughs> when I made that kind of leap uh, into the industry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a great place to be and I love the innovation and what's happening in the industry right now. Yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that story. And I, I always love talking with people who kind of have, have really believed in, in voice technology specifically from early on because you've, you've kind of, you've kind of seen the whole gambit in a sense, right? Like from, it just, you know, and we look back, of course, in, in 2011, we had Siri, right? But let's be real. I mean, it wasn't like it was in 2014, 2015, 2016, when it was Amazon under the market and then Google under the market, then Samsung under the market, totally different landscapes. But, you know, from being in the mid 2010s to seeing it to now, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've just been able to see so much, which only helps you, I'm sure, when you, when you come to evangelizing the technology just just makes it probably that much more enriching and exciting for you. So I always love talking with people who kind of saw it from the quote unquote early days, even though I it still, it still feels like we are in the early days and we probably are, right? Well, we are. And, you know, it's interesting because I see a lot of parallels with what's happening with voice right now, with yeah. what happened with mobile early. Um you know, there was a lot of excitement and then there was this skepticism, like people aren't using it the way yeah. that, and it's like, because it's different than the web. Right. Right. And people haven't gotten comfortable with it. And, you know, there's like, we're getting traffic on mobile, but nobody's purchasing anything on mobile. It's like, well, no, they're, 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 you're getting traffic there. You're getting customer engagement, but they're not comfortable purchasing yet. And so I see the same thing kind of happening with voice with, yep. Um, expectations of new tech are always colored by what happened with the old technology. Yes. And you have to rethink it and say, hey, one, people will get more comfortable and evolve with it. Plus, it's a new technology and how people are going to interact with that technology is probably going to break some of those past paradigms of how you interact with technology. Right. You got to get comfortable with that, but that's an uncomfortable place to be because it's kind of the unknown. Oh my gosh, how are people actually going to use this voice assistant. Um, you know, I think there's still a lot of questions, uh, many more open questions than closed questions around that. Absolutely. There, there is uncertainty, but I, I that, that definitely is, is what's fun about it. And, and to your point about, you know, I think the whole aspect of being able to make purchases, like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm kind of set on that. I think the the gold rush and all of this is going to be when people can successfully start buying things through it with these and getting product recommendations. I mean, you know, that's what drives everything, right? Like you look at mobile, you know, a big part of that was being able to buy all these things on your phone through an app and everything, right? So I think that's only going to take place with voice. It's just a matter of, of when, but voice opens up so many new opportunities, right? Because now you're actually being able to listen to the voice of a brand you're potentially working with. And there's just this whole new level of interaction. That's what gets me excited. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you're you're right on the money. <laughs> it's just it's a matter of when, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the money has to start flowing to any technology to uh, make it kind of go mainstream. And I think you're spot on around one of the challenges. Well, and, and you right know, I, now, I think the money isn't always flowing to it or through it, so to speak. Right. Well, and you know, I I think the the big sign here is the fact that there's been so much investment on behalf of Amazon and Google and Samsung and Apple and and all of these different you know tech companies that of course they have a lot of capital to work with but you know it's not like they're just dumping billions of dollars into, into everything right shiny object syndrome they they obviously believe in this and they're putting money towards it so they know that at some point this is going to boom it's it's just a matter of when so yeah I, I agree with you I think we're we're still very much in the early days and we're still kind of on the cutting edge of all of it but I think over the next couple of years it's going to get really exciting and I, I believe there's going to be multi-million dollar companies that spring out of this. I mean, you know, sky is, sky is going to be the limit, truly. So with, with that in mind, you know, Roger, what, what has it been like evangelizing a technology like Bixby? And what have been some of the most rewarding experiences maybe that you've had so far working with developers for the platform? Yeah, so when I came to Bixby, um, I had a fairly deep background in Alexa development and then kind of played with uh, Google Actions so to speak. Uh, and um, I was like, wow, this is really different, right? Um, from a development perspective of Bixby, right? You do a lot of modeling and very little coding. Um, and compare that Alexa, you do a lot of coding and mm-hmm. relatively less modeling. And at first, I could, it was a little difficult to get my head around it. Um, but once I got my head around it and realized, hey, the whole idea of Bixby um, and if you're anybody's interested, if you go back and find some early Viv Labs videos when it was when it was an independent company, and they talked about using AI to write programs, they call it dynamic program generation, is this idea of you model something, and then all that boilerplate code that you'd normally have to write code for, code code over and over again mm-hmm. for every application you build, um, it builds that for you. So once I figured that it was doing that, once I figured out that it was doing that and how that worked and got to some degree comfortable with it, then I realized, wow, you can be super productive here. So it's been fun yeah. uh, talking with people and, and saying, hey, here's a new way of thinking about conversational AI and probably different than what you've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, I'm pretty excited about this different paradigm because i think that anything you know i have a long development background that anything that makes the development of the mundane easy or go away (laughs) and lets you focus on developing the cool interesting exciting stuff is a huge positive yes and so it's been fun to see the kind of uh the light bulb click in people's heads with like oh i get it i get where it's going but yeah it's a different environment. So at first it may be a little bit challenging, but yeah, it's been exciting and fun and that, and then the idea, you know, the other thing that I get excited about Samsung is all the different devices, right. And bringing, you know, I like to say beyond the smart speaker, bringing it right now, primarily uh, on phones, but watches and TVs and, and smart appliances, you know, I get particularly excited about voice in the TV. Yes. um, Cause I think it's this, passive thing that we all spend like probably too many hours in front of. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a perfect vehicle for it, right? 
Yeah, and so you think about not only kind of interacting with it directly uh, with kind of this giant screen and kind of interactive voice games, but I always use the example of voice and the TV, and I always like to think about sports. Mm-hmm. And you're watching sports, and you're like, oh, tell me more about, I don't know, watching a Warriors game here in the San Francisco Bay Area, so Warriors fan. Tell me more about Stephen Curry. And then it pops up and tells you about it. And yes. then you go, go right back to the game. And that kind of interactivity, I mean, I don't know about you, Nick, but I often like, uh, you know, in the middle, we're watching the TV, and since we're such information junkies, right? go run to the web or grab my phone and go yes. look something up. And my teeny kids do that all the time. Half the time they're watching the TV, half the time they're looking something up. So, you know, we've been talking about interactive TV since like the nineties, I think, but I actually think voice might be an unlock to actually enabling interactive TV and making it where, yeah, it's still this cool, this medium that's entertaining, but when you want the information, you can get it and then you can go back to being entertained. Back to my point, the technology is there, right. gives you what you want and then gets out of the way. Yes. I no, think I, a great example of it. That is, that is a good example because I, I can't tell you how many times we're like, what was it? I, I'm rewatching, well, actually not rewatching. I'm actually, for the first time, call me crazy if you're a Game of Thrones fan, diving into Game of Thrones for the first time. So as I'm watching through the episodes on... HBO, they say something or they reference something. And I'm like, what is that? I, I want to know more about that. I pull up my phone. Next thing I know, 10 minutes go by and I miss the last 10 minutes of that show. And of course, with right. that show, you need to be paying attention every second. Otherwise you miss something. <laughs> you do. You do. There's a, there's a lot of plot twists and turns in that. So, but, so. but to your point, so, if I could be watching Game of Thrones right now, and use my TV-based voice assistant to be like, what are all the different kingdoms in Westeros and, and you know, all these different things? I could still be engaged with it while also getting the information I need and not have this you know, black hole in my, in my mind that I have to go back and, and rewatch. So I, I think you're right on the, the money yet again with the TV being a perfect application for voice. And that's the advantage Samsung has too, right? Because of all the different devices and appliances and hardware that they have, I mean, it, it can just be embedded in so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, bright future for voice in, uh, in just any and every device, right? And so, you know, this whole idea of ambient computing where you yep. just go talk and something happens for you is definitely coming. Like computer and, and Star Trek. Like, computer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like that old, where there's an old, one of the episodes, Scotty picks up a mouse and tries to talk into it is they, they go back into the earth, back in time, I think, and it's hilarious, right? And so I, I expect to see the real world version of that where kids are, uh, I don't know, going up and talking to devices and wondering uh, what's wrong, it's broken, it won't talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that that's coming. I've actually been, over the past year, I've been noticing more research of some studies that have been done about you know what, what actually is happening to children who are exposed to these different smart speakers and voice assistants early on as they've gotten older. It, it's almost like, you know, they go and try and talk to a different piece of technology and it doesn't work and they stop and, you know, ask why. Um, right. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's changing the brain a bit, which, which will be really fascinating to see, I think, over the next decade or two as, as these devices and, and voice becomes more prevalent and everything, how that affects kids and their just outlook on the world is, is going to be really interesting. But, you know, you, you mentioned, 
a bit ago here getting to work with Adam Chire, of course, who has been such a force in, in the voice technology space over the last decade. And forgive me if, it, if it's been longer, but what was it like working with, with someone like Adam, who's been such a visionary in this space for, for so many years? So first I'd say Adam would correct you and say, I've been in voice for 25 years. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, back to his SRI days. But yeah, yeah, you know, Adam is, well, he's an absolute genius. But he is also just one of the most down to earth, you know, first, I remember the first time I met him, I was like, oh my God, Adam Chire, like I'm going to be all nervous. And he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm Adam, right? Super down to earth guy, right? So super easy to get to know. And yet his vision is so amazing, right? You know, you, you, not many times in life, I'd like to say, you sit in a room when meeting with a bunch of people who are super smart, right? And you're thinking mm -hmm. about things. And, you know, been in many of those meetings and Adam's in there and he's thinking at a whole different level than everyone else, right? You know, if everyone's driving 65, he's driving 100. So he's just a genius. And, but he's so down to earth about it and loves to say, hey, here's my vision, here's what I'm thinking, and how do we kind of pragmatically get there, or what can we do to get closer, yeah. right? Because he's very pragmatic about this. But, you know, his whole vision, you know, there's all kinds of speeches and talks he gives ab about it, but I always say his whole vision is basically, hey, a voice assistant should be um, as good as if you had a human assistant. Yeah. Right. So if you have a human assistant, you can just ask them something, you know, um, to go take care of something. I'm thinking about some travel or, or I need this take. And they know all your personal preferences and what you like to do and what you don't, what they need to ask you about a choice. You want this or this or what they can just make the choice for you. Right. So hyper personalized and hyper efficient about get some, getting something done. Because in today's world of voice assistants, we just bark commands at them. Right. But really hey if it was like an assistant with a capital a i'll say uh it would just it would get things done for you they could be, could be fairly complex tasks yeah um but it would only come back and ask you questions when it needed to and you think about that that's just incredible kind of personalization to understand you it also is a long-running conversation right that's not something we have a voice assistant right. today right it's a back and forth commands we give it and then you're done. But you go ask it to go do something and this kind of intelligent agent goes out and goes and does all these things and then comes back and asks you, hey, I don't know, I, I overuse the analogy of a flight but uh, of travel, but maybe I'll just use it because it comes to mind all the time. Right. Hey, I notice you like to fly United all the time, um, but you know what? The, the, the flights are just not so great in United, but uh, you want to take American this time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. You know, so that kind of thing where it's smart enough to know, I need to ask him that question before booking that versus I already booked the hotel for you because I know you like to stay at XYZ hotel. Right. Um, that to me is, is his vision and what he's been driving for. And, and so it's incredibly, mo incredibly motivational to work with someone who's thinking about the future and yet it's so pragmatic about the steps we got to take today to get closer to that future. That they right. And, and I, you know, you're, you're not the first person who's, who's told me that uh, about him too. And, you know, I think we all really want 
this to be an, an extremely natural experience. And, and to your point about how we have to design and, and develop for voice assistants now, it is very turn-based, right? You know, it gives a prompt, you respond. If it's in the database, great, then you get the result. But it's not like you can, you know, send the agent out into the internet to get you a whole list of flights or a list of restaurants and rank them based on other people's ratings. And, you know, I mean, all this different stuff that, you know, is quote-unquote human-like. So, you know, that, that's really good to hear that that's been his vision, it seems like, from the beginning. And, you know, it's it's good that he's been, I think, such a strong force in this space to be able to, you know, work with folks like yourself and whoever else he's worked with to to really drive that forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have people like him in the industry. Um, you got to have the visionaries to drive an industry forward. Yes. He's definitely one of the visionaries in the industry. Absolutely. So when, when we initially chatted, Roger, and I, you kind of mentioned this when you were talking about your journey so far too, you mentioned you know, your, your startup, which was focusing on creating a, you know, WordPress for voice assistance. So maybe if you want to talk a bit about that and, and maybe if you still believe that, you know, I'll use the term content management here, please correct me if I'm wrong or, or, you know, this, this WordPress for voice, do you still believe that the technology will be able to be managed that way? Has that evolved since you've been working at Viv Labs or maybe dive into that a bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So what I meant by WordPress for voice is, Today, if you want to build a web presence, and especially if you're a small or even a medium-sized company, right? WordPress is a great platform to do so. And what's amazing about it is, I don't know, maybe I'm the local, I don't know, dry cleaner, right? I can probably go out and find templates for a dry cleaner web presence, right? On WordPress. So there's literally thousands of templates, both ones that are very specific to particular businesses and then ones that are more generic that let you kind of uh, uh, modify your presence, but all in a very uh, friendly way. So her, yes. our whole idea was, hey, if voice is really going to take off, then small and medium businesses need to get involved. And uh, right now, and I'd say right then, and largely it's a little better now, man, it's, it's, you, know, you, need to, you need some pretty decent developer chops to get something going. Right. And so our whole idea was, hey, let's build this, this framework that allows you to build templates on top of it. So if I'm the local barbershop, I can use a barbershop template and I get a, I establish a voice presence because I'm a firm believer that businesses right now, you need to go establish a voice presence. Yes. You may not know exactly how customers are going to interact with it, what they're going to do with it. Go establish it and figure out and experiment and try. Like I said, it's like the earlier days of mobile. Those companies that went out and embraced mobile early, you know what? They screwed up a hundred (laughs) times, right? Along the way. But you know what? They embraced it early and they figured out what customers were going to use it for. And then they got a huge advantage over their competitors. Huge payoff for a lot of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Who didn't embrace mobile, but it took some patience. So the idea was, hey, make it really easy for small, medium businesses to use these templates uh, uh, and establish a voice presence. I don't see anything quite like that in the marketplace. I mean, I think of, there's some pretty cool tools. Like I'm a big fan. I think VoiceFlow is an amazing tool. And I love the mm-hmm. team, Braden and the team behind, behind that. But that's, um, you know, this kind of workflow-ish kind of tool that you you click things together and, and that. Right. So not 
fully technical, but you got to kind of think in a workflow like way. Um, really cool. Love it. Um, I was thinking a little bit differently along more around uh, templates that allow a business to establish something early. I will tell you, it was a huge blow when Amazon came out with blueprints because our first product was going to be very <laughs> blueprint-like. Yeah. Right? I was like, okay, we're just going to build, get something out the door that makes it just super easy. Right. And of course, over the last few years, they've voice. only added you know dozens of more blueprints to the library oh. as well. And I'm a big fan of blueprints. I think it's a super cool idea. I mean, our idea was, okay, we're going to release blueprints, but we're going to do more the enterprise version of blueprints, the business focused version of blueprints, because blueprints is largely consumer focused. But um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, ugh, the big companies stole the small companies. They didn't steal it. It was a natural evolution. Somebody else had the, had the, had the idea and executed on it and, and good for them. But yeah, I'd still like to see something more around the idea of, kind of template driven voice experiences because if we're going to get the small and medium businesses of the world to build voice they're going to need something to yeah to well and, and you know i think that's darn. that's why i think wordpress is such so. a good comparison because of course in the early days of the web and even up through the mid late 2000s you know you needed to hire a web developer <laughs> to to do yeah. anything with the web right like you couldn't just pull up a template and and, and put your stuff in there i mean maybe you could and you know, I, of course, during that time, I was a bit younger, but, um, you know, I, I guess when I first discovered WordPress and the fact that you could build things with templates, you know, back in the, the mid 2010s, I was like, wow, this is, this is a really easy way to build websites, of course. And then you have all the other companies like, you know, Wix and uh, Squarespace mm -hmm. and all of them that kind of follow that template model as well. Um, but that's, you know, the advertisement from those companies is right, is your small business needs a website, use Wix, use Squarespace. And then, of course, if you want to go to WordPress, you have all these different templates that you can choose from as well. And, and that speaks to small business and, and medium business because, of course, it's budget, resources, and skill set. So I agree with you. I think in order for smaller and, and medium-sized companies to really be able to adopt it, there's, there's going to need to be an, an easier way for them to to build experiences, whether that be, of course, on the major platforms that exist now or anything else that, that comes into existence down the road. Yep, absolutely. So uh, somebody can take that idea and run with it. Go for it. <laughs> I would love to, you know, one of the things I'm just, a, you know, I said ideas of cheap execution is hard. And I would love if someone took, took the idea and do it because, because I still think it's, a, I, as I talk, what I talk about, I'm like, darn, that's still a darn good idea. Yeah. Someone needs to go do that. Yeah, I, I, and I, I would bet Roger too. I'm, I'm sure something will, you know, someone somewhere or, or one of the companies will come up with something because that, that definitely is a need, especially as, you know, I, I think more smaller businesses realize they, they need a voice presence and they, they need a, a voice brand of their own and different things because, you know, customers are going to start demanding that. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think that is a very good idea. And if, if anybody's listening to this, you know, sit on that and, uh, you know, you can can spit anything up uh go ahead <laughs> yeah, go build it i guess say go build it <laughs> so um what is your approach to working with technology specifically voice assistant tech you know i i think you mentioned to me you you definitely take more of a, a human-centered approach to all of it but how important do you think the human outcome is in the overall picture of, of voice assistant technology well, so I'll let you in on a little thing, a little secret that many people don't know about myself. My degree is actually in psychology. So no kidding, I, really? Yeah, so I have a degree in psychology. Um, 
because I've been fascinated with human behavior yeah. um, for my whole life. And I think it's incredibly amazing. And, and I still, you know, like to read up on, you know, pop psychology things like psychology today yeah. or psychology articles and just keep up with it. Cause I think it's fascinating the way we all behave. And so, um, yeah, so I do believe there's a, that humans, you know, when I, I said, get the work done and then get out of the way, you know, I love technology. I'm a technologist. And I think it's amazing and super cool. And I also think it gets in our way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And so if we can use voice technology in a way to kind of help us lead almost more human, better lives, that's great. Right? You know, we're information junkies. Right? And I think that's what technology, one of the good or bad things that technology has caused is all of us to be information junkies and that we're able to wash in information. Yes. And so an easy, quick, you know, there's actually two things I think there. One, you need an easy, quick way to get this information because you desire it. The other thing is you probably need um, some AI to filter through all the information, right? And what's true and not true or what, you know, that. And, yep, and that, curation. That's, that's even a curation is just, I mean, that's a, bigger and bigger and bigger problem, right? As we get to, you know, kind of straight facts and then slanted facts, depending on kind of your political opinion and that. And that's, that's kind of human nature to be like that. So I don't think we're doing anything that we haven't done forever, but technology kind of amplifies it. So how, if it's going to amplify this, how are we going to use it to kind of solve some of the challenges uh, that is amplified. And so that's why I get excited about voice and I get excited about kind of AI kind of curating the information that's really valuable for me and lets me lead a know, happier, more productive life because that's what it's all about. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you. The curation is, is definitely something that's needed because we're we're just so, I, I'll, I'll, I call it buried. We are, you know, essentially buried in, in all of this information that we have access to. And I think, of course, we've seen specifically over the last couple of years that now it's getting to the point because there's so much out there, it's hard to tell what is true and what's, you know, just opinion or, or not necessarily true, right? So if there could be a mechanism via technology, you know, specifically we look at voice where you can trust implicitly to deliver you the information you need, knowing that it is factual each time, whether that's done by voice or an AI system or or something of the sort, that is going to be easily a multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> if somebody yeah, can figure that absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yep. All you got to do is figure it out. We got all these great entrepreneurial ideas in this podcast. Right. Just, just got to go do it. The easy part, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and you know, I mean, that, and that's the thing, because there, there's so much information out there. It's like, where do you even begin to be able to, to train an AI system or, you know, train a voice assistant to to grab only the factual information. And then of course, right now we're in the crisis of, well, are you sure that's true? Or it could yeah. be true. It's always the could or the would, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think we need to, we need to pull back to, to just trusting, trusting facts implicitly, um, I think is the big hurdle there. But yeah, what, if, if somebody were to create that and, and undoubtedly it will be created. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't doubt if it would come from, you know, a company like Google potentially, or even Facebook, because you see how much information they're inundated with. And, you know, the whole controversy with facts and what's real, what's not real, what's opinion and, and different things. I, I'd imagine there, there's more than likely something in the works, but again, 
until we actually we see it in the real world you never know but sorry to go off on that long-winded tangent but that's something that's always fascinated me too for for quite a while now yeah no no, i mean that's absolutely critical i mean i i think i kind of think this needs to happen (laughs) right right because this kind of a wash and too much information is kind of a some ways a a, a kind of a a I'm just going to say bad. I'm just going to bad. A challenge, a very challenging place to be. Yes. So let's uh, help reverse that problem and fix that problem by kind of curating that information, right? Right. The, the very thing that, that caused the problem could solve the problem too. Yes. Which is often true. Absolutely. So then as we, we look at the bigger picture of, of voice technology, do you think that the voice tech ecosystem will continue to be dominated by larger platforms like Alexa, Google Assistant, Bixby, Siri? Do you think it is only a matter of time before hundreds, if not thousands of unique voice assistants begin to enter the market? That is a great question and a thought provoking one. Yes. So here's, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to rub my crystal ball and make a, make a <laughs> prediction here, which if I'm 20% right, I'm doing great. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's not, I don't got to rub a crystal ball to say a bunch of independent voice assistants are going to come up and you're seeing that happen right now. Right. And kind of these purpose built voice assistants. Right. So BBC, Beeb, right. It's kind of purpose built around BBC. But I'm actually, what I'm actually super bullish on is um, adding kind of a purpose built voice assistant into traditional apps. So um, is it Snapchat? built something voice wise or that I, I think it was Snapchat was thinking, and I'm like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Cause I can't tell you how many times and the examples I always use, I think are programs like Excel, um, um, <clears throat> Photoshop that super pretty complicated programs. Right. And so I, I'll be using, and I know how to do all the basic stuff. And then as soon as it's something I don't know how to do, what do I do? I open up a web browser. I go, I search Google for it. I find it. I might find a text. So oftentimes you find a YouTube video and then I spend like, you know, reading the text and banging back yep. and forth or listening to the YouTube video to figure it out. And then I know how to do it. And then, um, you know, a month later, I'm going to forget how to do it. Probably. Right. Right. Um, and so I'm going to repeat that, but I can describe verbally what I want to do very easily. And so what happens if you voice enabled all these kind of existing applications? I think that is just, killer voice application. So what that will mean that happens is you're going to get, yeah, hundreds, thousands of little voice assistants kind of growing up there that are purpose-built along with the general purpose voice assistants. And then here's my bold prediction, which is probably completely wrong. (laughs) Uh, The general purpose voice assistants are companies are going to see this and they're going to be like, oh, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Why don't we build hooks into mm. our ecosystem and kind of open it up because largely they're fairly closed platforms. Right. So if I'm building an application or a website or something, I can easily hook into uh, a Siri or a Bixby or an Alexa or a Google Assistant and get all that functionality that I built into my purpose-built application, you know, voice assistant into the bigger the, the bigger voice assistant. And so we'll go to the giant circle of hundreds will proliferate, uh, proliferate and even thousands. And then it'll kind of swipe down because 
this will force the big players in the industry to open their platforms up mm-hmm. and make it where, hey, super easy. It kind of gets built into the OS um, um, on whatever platform it is to add voice capabilities there. And you start using that. And now the kind of big voice assistants uh, kind of get a resurgence uh, uh, and start replacing all those little ones. And I think that'll help open up the ecosystem. Hey, I work for one of the big players, but I will always say that what drove the web and made the web great was openness. Yes. I am a huge fan of more openness in the voice industry. I think that it's a challenging industry right now. I think if we get more open, we're gonna drive a lot more innovation and things are gonna happen faster. And I think that's inevitably gonna come, but I think we gotta take the, the tortuous path so to speak, uh, to get there. So there's my big, bold prediction. No, I, I think your crystal ball is, is pretty in line with mine as well. And, you know, I'm, you know, we, from, from, from day one, at least when I, I got my first Echo device back in, in 2018, I, of course, believed in an Alexa, Google Assistant. I've used Bixby too. So I'm, I've always been a firm believer in these platforms. But, you know, I'll be honest over the last several months now that, you know, I've been 100% full-time with Red Fox and, and talking with, you know, so many different companies, whether they be small, medium, enterprise, you know, we're, we're, we're actively thinking about, you know, where, where do we want to go? And, and we're looking more into the, the independent voice assistant space ourselves, just because, you know, it, it, it allows us a greater degree of creativity. But then to your point, at some point, no matter what we create, whether that be for someone else or even internally, we could potentially hook that into one of the bigger platforms and that'll kind of move the needle for them to be able to open up, right? So mm-hmm. I I think your your crystal ball is 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 fairly accurate pretty I'll you know, I'll say pretty accurate because I, this is what I've been thinking about a lot too, Roger. So I think it's only a matter of time. I think the technology needs to advance just a bit more and then we're gonna see this explosion of all these different, you know independent voice assistants or at least voice assistants that are specifically branded to you know different companies like you're going to be talking individually to a target you're going to be talking individually mm-hmm. to a trader joe's or a best buy or they're all going to have their own unique voices and, and different things so i i agree with you i think it's it's only a matter of time before that happens and i hope the bigger platforms open up into to hooking into because they have the consumer install base right so, right. you know, it only makes sense that you could tie in, uh, you know, to their hardware and, and their bigger platform and, and they're still getting value by, by getting you some of these, you know, more specific voice assistants or one that's for a specific industry. Yep. Uh, so exciting times. We'll have to talk in five or 10 years and see if we're <laughs> I know we'll have to do a right podcast round two and, and see if you're, if, if our crystal balls here actually, actually happen. And, and my, my gut says, my gut says it's a pretty good likelihood because I've, I've really been thinking too over the, the last few months, like, you know, is, is this, is this all really going to come to come to fruition? And, and my intuition and, and my gut says yes. And, and I want to keep trucking. And I think everything that you just said falls pretty much in line with what my intuition saying. And I've talked to other people who, who have some pretty similar thoughts. So I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm excited. And, and like I said, I think we're just on the cup of this explosion here. We, we just got to get through this, whatever you want to call this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're just, there's a long runway ahead, right? Right. We're still like the Wright brothers. Yes. <laughs> Use the flight analogy, comparison. right? We got, we got, we got flying. We're flying, but not, uh, but with pretty crude machines. Right. We're working towards building the 747. 
<laughs> yep, yep. That's going to be a ways. That's going to be a ways away. And then the 787 Dreamliner after that, and whatever. So, uh, yeah, that's why it's cool to be in this industry. Exactly. Such a huge, long runway ahead. Um, it's one of the things I really love about this. So then that that maybe plays into as we as we start to wind things down here, Roger. Does that play into you know what your five year and ten year vision would be for the voice technology industry? Like, if you were to say. You know, this is what I think 2025 is going to be like. This is what I think 2030. What what would your your vision be? Unless maybe that just ties into the the crystal ball prediction you just made there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, I just talked about my crystal ball prediction, and I think that that is is they're going to get a proliferation of a lot, and then it's going to kind of collapse into fewer because it's going to become open up the big voice platforms. Um, you know, we also talked about. Um, you know, the vision, Adam's vision of this incredibly mm-hmm. smart assistant and doing that. You know, the challenge there is 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 the privacy challenge right. to me, right? Not only AI has got to get a lot smarter, right? Because I always say that AI is not, is, is pretty, not so smart right now, right? No, it's it is Pattern isn't. recognition <laughs> and simple. I mean, it's really simple stuff, right? And things right. like that. And, and so, um, and, you know, it's incredible. And I'll give, I was just talking to uh, on my own podcast, Nick Schwab, the other day. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about developing for voice and we're talking about this crazy idea. He had such a great point and I'm going to just reiterate it. He's like, I got to go in there and figure out it. The platforms asked me, how are all the different ways that you can ask, well, in his case, how to play a sleep sound, right? Yeah. What's the 50 different ways humans can ask for it? He's like, wait a second. Isn't AI supposed to figure that out for you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Right, isn't it supposed to go and say, hey, here's a bunch of ways that we think this could happen and then you maybe kind of accept some of them or modify some of them. And I'm like, okay, that's super cool. And that's a super big unlock. Yes. Right, to going and saying, hey, if we truly, if these voice assistants and AI behind them truly start understanding human conversation and how it works, then why are we making developers kind of reinvent the wheel Right. And also give all these examples. Those examples should be created by the AI. And I think I, I love that. And I've been thinking about it. I'm like, wow, what a huge unlock. Cause now you could build a bunch of cool functionality and actually getting the kind of the voice interface on top of it. I'll say 80% there. Cause there's always 20% is the, is the hard work is going to be a heck of a lot easier. And if that happens, we're going to see a lot better voice applications because there's a heck of a lot out there in the voice world that has some cool tech with bad, you know, a bad user experience on top of it. Yes. And I, I think I, that's, you know, yeah. if you can unlock and use AI to help improve that user experience and make that better and get great conversational designers helping you get that last 20% of greatness. Wow. The world, the world is open. No, it's actually extremely, extremely good to hear that that Nick Schwab thinks about that. And you, you brought that up because it was a meeting last week. I think it may have been an open voice network meeting. We were talking about um, like different tools and, you know, that currently exist within the voice technology space and what are things we want to see. And I remember being like, you know, I really want something that can predict what utterances I'm going to use or what somebody else can use. <laughs> Because like, yeah. you know, as a designer, 
that's one of the hardest parts, right? Because no matter it, it, no, it never fails. No matter how many conversations you feel like you have in QA, no matter how much user testing you do, there's always an utterance that somebody says that you cannot predict no matter what. And usually it's usually like day one, right? You yes. Know? You try it on your first person that hasn't been part of the kind of test and they break it. Right. And it's yes. like, Oh, that seems so blatantly obvious what you said. And I just never thought of it. And then as a human, I understand immediately what you're saying, right? And I understand that context. Yeah. So that that would be that'd be a huge unlock to just better voice experience. Oh, that would change and, the scope, I think, of this industry entirely, because I think, you know, so many designers and developers who I, I wouldn't doubt, you know, lose sleep and pull their hair out over that specific issue would just be empowered so much because you you have that better user experience and you don't have to worry about you know, all the hours of, of testing that go into it like it currently does now to, to try and predict what, what people could possibly say. I mean, we're, we're in the final um, stages of QA testing, something we've been building now, and we've been testing it for like two weeks and we find something new each time. So it's like, how much more do we have to do this <laughs> well, you before know, we can get it out there? You know, the real challenge of voice is the great thing about voice is the computer need, the technology needs to understand me the most natural way of communicating. I had to learn to type, I had to learn to swipe, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so if, if I get a new mobile app and I, I'll launch it and I haven't seen the UI before, I have a mental paradigm that I need to figure out how this works. I, I know that I'm gonna have to learn how that UI works. Take a voice app though. I don't think I have that mental paradigm. I think I should just be able to, mm -hmm. because it's voice, I should just be able to talk to it as if I'm talking to a human right? And just ask it things in a natural way. Because um, I don't have the expectation that I have to learn something new because I enabled a new skill or a new right. capsule. So that's the problem. One of the challenges in voice though, right? Is you're right. You, you think you got the, you know, here, man, I got all the sample audiences and day one, someone tries it and they try something that makes tons of sense. You didn't think of that. Um, and they don't, the person, when it broke, they're like, oh, this thing doesn't work. Forget it. I'm not going to use this, this experience or even that. I'm not even going to use voice assistance for, for much, right? And I think that's turning some people off Yeah. to now. So it's a really, it's a different, and I don't know, quite a, it's a different paradigm to have the expectation that I need to learn how to use something, which is what I see with the traditional UI and I expect versus a voice assistant. I've been talking since, you know, my first, you know, yep. mama, dada words when I was, you know, six months old, I got an expectation. It's just going to understand me. And when it doesn't, it, it leads to frustration with that. And I even have, I'm in the industry and I get frustrated with voice experiences. I'm like, really? Yep. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is the great pain that plagues our industry right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, fixing that. It'd be just a massive unlock. See, another idea for somebody, Roger. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. We're just full of we're just full of ideas, ideas in this conversation. I love it. Well, as as we kind of wrap things up here, Roger, I always like to to end on this question: What is one thing that you think someone can do today to begin leveraging, in our case here, voice technology, either personally or within their organization? Okay, so I'll quickly answer personally and then organization, a little longer answer. Personally, 
Um, hey, I fall into the same thing of just using voice assistance for setting alarms, playing music, what's the weather, that, right? And I, I can personally fall into that kind of <laughs> the native kind of core functionality and use that 99% of the time. And I have been actively trying to use third-party experiences and bring them into my routine because I think that's good. Um, mm -hmm. One, there's some really cool stuff out there. Two, it's, we're going to advance as an industry. We ourselves in the industry need to start using yeah. <laughs> the more out there stuff. Because right. I can't tell you, I talk to people all the time like you do, who are like deeply immersed in the industry and like, yeah, I pretty much listen to music. Yes. The weather, yes. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, I, my little personal part of the part of this solve is, is to personally challenge yourself to use it for more additional things and understand what it's good at or where it needs improvement. And then from an organization, you know, like I said, and companies need to jump out, they need to build a voice presence. They need to do it, they need to do it now. And you need to know it's not gonna be perfect. I don't think any company has really figured out how their customers wanna engage with them via voice. No. But I'll tell you what, you wouldn't think of not having a, a website or a mobile app right. and a mobile site. I think voice is close, quickly getting there. So go build it, try it, experiment. Know you're gonna make a hundred mistakes along the way, um, but go try it. I mean, I, I get super excited. It feels like it's getting a little closer there as it moves out of that innovation budget and moving into the marketing budget. I, I love that voices in marketing budgets because I think that's where it should be. Yes. Yep. Because marketing is all about trying a bunch of stuff, throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall and knowing, you know, a bunch of it isn't going to stick. Right. And of course, you know, it's, it's been the driver of, of most of the, the growth of technologies pretty yeah. much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say forever, but I mean, most of them that, that we've had over the last 30, 40 years, at least. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's marketing driven and that. And so, yeah, go experiment with it, go play with it. Go, you know, the beauty of it is it's so new. You kind of, it's hard to really screw up. Like right. customers are just, they'll play with something and they'll do something and try it and experiment and iterate and really, but it's something you got to pay attention right. to. Well, as, as long as it's Day one, a, you launch it, you know, yeah. and you can't, we don't know, you know, there's enough good experience with the web and with mobile, you know, I say you can launch something and get it 50% right. Right. right, which is pretty darn good. I always say, if you can get something half right, yes. I say voice, <laughs> if you get maybe 10 or 20% right, you're doing well, right? So go see how people use it, adapt and do that. And where we've seen success in voice is with companies that have been really nimble and going, trying something, mm, modify it, try it. Oh, I never thought our customers would ask that. Oh, well, let's go build that and, and build that in there. And it's constant kind of iterative kind of almost playground area is a great place. So um, yeah, gets down to uh, if you're not building something in voice, your competition is, and you should be afraid of that. So go build, build something. Right? <laughs> That's both, both points you made there, Roger, both on, on the personal aspect and the, the organizational aspect, I think are spot on. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I've, I've, I've thought about this. I've ruminated over it in my head. It's going to be one of those things where, 
you know, Mr. or Mrs. CEO wakes up in the morning, they turn on the news and their competitor all of a sudden has this breakout voice experience and all their customers are converting and then they're going to rush down to whatever person's below them and be like, we need to figure this out now. But at yeah. that point, and it may already be too late. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, then you're playing catch up, right? Like, you're playing catch up. And that's, know, all, that's wanna, not, nobody wants to play catch up. I don't want to dive into, you know, go off on a complete tangent, but it's like the Netflix and Blockbuster thing, right? Like Netflix was actively investing early on in yeah. DVD delivery and, you know, they were, they were looking at online and Blockbuster was like, eh, eh, that's never going to become a thing. And then they try and do it themselves, but they're already too late. Netflix already had been focusing on it for years, had the customer base, had the user experience down and Blockbuster didn't. And guess who's here and guess who's not. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Or guess what? Look at the companies that arose out of mobile. So you look at social media as a mobile driven. Right. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, Facebook would not right? be nearly as big as it is today if it wasn't for their mobile app. Absolutely. That was all mobile driven. So it was an opportunity for new, new ways of, of interacting. So uh, yeah, now's the, now's the time you got, you got, you got to get in this bandwagon. So yes. I think we strongly agree on that uh, and experiment and, and, and try it. And because the great thing, nobody has figured it out that well. So it's, uh, but go do it because you're absolutely right. Uh, somebody else is doing it and uh uh, be part be part of this fun, exciting, amazing voice journey that we're all on. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Roger. Well, thank you so much again for for taking the time to chat with me. I've This has been an excellent talk. I've loved all the different little tangents we've gone on and, and just your perspective on this industry is, is next to none. So thank you so much. And if anybody wanted to uh, reach out to you, what are some of the best ways for them to go about doing so? Um, yeah, so uh, I think you mentioned early on, pretty active on social media. Uh, Twitter is a great way to get a hold of me uh, at Roger Kibbe, R O G E R K I B B E, uh, and uh, let's connect. Um, you can just you can also find me on uh, LinkedIn uh, and connect that way. And I would love to, uh, can, you know, as you can see, I love talking about voice assistance and and that, and uh, love to continue the conversation. And hey. Uh, it has been a pleasure, Nick. So much fun talking Thank to you. you. Uh, uh, enjoyed being on the podcast. Uh, you're a great host. Yeah, Thanks I'm so, so glad much. we finally got to do it too. Because <laughs> I know we've been wanting to do it for so long. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's busy. So, uh, uh, but great to uh, get on and, and, and talk, uh, talk voice, which is something that we're both so passionate yes, about. Absolutely. Well, Thank you again so much, Roger. And again, on my end, it's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to, to chat again soon and stay connected and be a part of this really, really interesting, fast-growing industry. So, Absolutely. Thanks so right. much, Nick. Yep. Take care. Artificial intelligence. Voice recognition. Machine learning. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time, 